0: Sefer Daniel, Parak Vav, Chapter 6. We are now going to learn about another one of the famous stories involving Daniel, and this one takes place under the rule of Darius the Mede. Just to remind ourselves, Daniel was taken into captivity, into exile, by Nebuchadnezzar before the destruction of the Temple. He he served in Nebuchadnezzar's court, and then he kind of fades off the scene until Nebuchadnezzar's third successor, possibly his grandson Belshazzar, who calls him back to interpret a strange vision with a handwriting on the wall, Menemene Farsin, which foretold the imminent destruction of Belshazzar's kingdom and its takeover by the Persians and the Medeans. And lo and behold, that very night, Belshazzar is killed, and he is succeeded by the new alliance of Persia and Medea. Just a little background information, and we have this from history text going back to 425 BCE, Herodotus, who wrote one of the first history books, Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Persian, also known as Cyrus the Great, conquered Babylonia. It's possible that Cyrus was Darius's son-in-law. They had made an agreement that they would take turns ruling. Darius rules for one year and then he dies, and Cyrus doesn't have to give it back to anybody after that. So we are now at the beginning of Darius's rule. Darius in Hebrew is known as Daryavish, and that's the term that we will use for him. And that Darius the Mede received the kingship when he was 62 years old. Now, it's not usual to specify the age, but I think the reason that it specifies it here is to tell us that he was old, and therefore it was not... Um, expected that he would live for a long time or rule for a long time. It should also be noted that this is not Darius who rules at the time of the return to Zion in the time of Ezra. Shifar Kadam Dar it pleased Dar Yavesh, and he appointed over his kingdom, La Dar for some kind of officials. Mea the Esrin, 120 of them, to rule all over the Empire, so he appoints one hundred and twenty. We know that later on ahashfarish expands that to one hundred and twenty seven the and um and over them Sirachin tilta. there were three viziers di daniel daniel was one of those ditar that they to whom these 120 officials would give advice, and the king would therefore suffer no harm. So he sets up some type of bureaucracy. The governors are accountable to these three ministers, of whom Daniel is one. And the king really won't have to bother too much, which we see the same thing in the book of Esther, we don't want to bother the king too much. What happens in Pasuk Dalit Daniel Dinahava mit al sarchaya, and Daniel then became to overseer of these three viziers and the Akashtar as well as those governors Ruach because he had an extraordinary spirit, and the king had thought to appoint him over everybody else. Um, The Malbem states that he decided to put all power into one good person's hands to avoid corruption. However, when one person has all the power, that can definitely arouse jealousy, as it does in this case. So what happens? So the the governors and the viziers try to find a way to have a libel, an alilah, Against Lihishka L Daniel, against Daniel, Mitsad Mahukta with regard to the kingdom. The Khol Lo Yahlin Lahashka. Okay, they could not find neither fault nor corruption. Kol Kabel de Mehemanhu, because he was faithful. The Khol Shalu Lo Ishtakahat Alohi. And they could not find any error. Or corruption in him. Despite, no matter how hard they tried to find an accusation against him, they were unable to accuse him of any kind of impropriety. And now we have a new development in history. Now it becomes a religious attack. Edian, Gouvrin, Ilach, Amrin, then these, these men said, since we can't find any fault with Daniel, we need to find it in his religion, in in the religion or in the law of his God. So if we can't find anything wrong with him, we will find something wrong with his his religion. And this is really the first time that we see pure overt anti-Semitism in Tanakh, with, um, you know, it might have been nat- national, it might have been philosophical, but here this is absolute, total, purely religious anti-Semitism. Pasuk Zayin, what happens? ilin. Ilan, here, gashu al So the governors and the viziers assemble around the king, v'chein amrin and this is what they say to him. Da'yavash malka la'almin chaye, let the king live forever. They salute him. They salute him before they're going to say anything. Notice that here they used his name, possibly because they wanted to stress that they were loyal to him, unlike the Babylonian kings where they didn't mention the name. So, what do they say? We have all conferred, all the viziers, the nobles, the governors, the advisors, all kinds of officials have confirmed to reform the king's law and to strengthen his prohibition. Okay, anyone that will make a request of any god, the Enash, or of a man, Ad Yomin tiltin for thirty days, Lahin Lahein Minach Maka, except for you, O king, Yutrame legov Aryavata will be thrown into a lion's pit. They advise him that no one can make a request of God or of man um, from anyone for the next thirty days, and if not, he'll be thrown into a lion's den. Why would he agree? Because this will definitely consolidate his power. It sounds very good if they if they do this and they're flattering the king, it really appeals to his vanity. Pasuk tet, what happens? Ka'an Malka. Therefore, O King, Tekim esra, Okay, approve this prohibition. Vitir Sham and inscribe the writing. Dilola Hashne, Dilola so that it cannot be changed. Kidat Madayu Paras. Dilote Ada. According to the laws of Media and Persia, which cannot be changed. As well, we know from Migilat Esther that you can't change a law in Persia once it's written down. Pasuk Yud. Call Kabeldina as a result of this, Markar Yavish, Risham Katva He inscribed the writing and the prohibition. He follows their advice. Meanwhile, what happens? We're going to see that Daniel, even though he knows of this law, is not going to be cowed in any way. V'Daniel, Kidi Rishim Katva. When Daniel learned that this has been written, al he went home. V'chavin pitchin le'i Eliyata neged Yerushalayim, and he had windows in his upper story in his attic facing Yerushalayim. and three times a day he would kneel on his knees and and he would pray umada and he would umode and he would give thanks kadam eloha before his god kol na and he would do it exactly he continued to do it exactly as he had done before notice that their windows here are are open in the direction of Jerusalem. It seems to be that there was a custom to pray three times a day, although it was not mandated yet by the rabbis because that only happened at the beginning of the second temple. Um, Also, he has open windows in the direction of Jerusalem. People can see him as he is praying, and he's not afraid. He still is going to continue doing what he always had done. So, Pasuk Bet, Edyan guvraya ilach, Okay, so then these men gathered together. Here givesu Daniel, and they found Daniel. What's he doing? Ba'e kadam praying and supplicating before God. He's not afraid. Okay, they um, they come along and they rush in and find him pl- praying in praying in front of God. Notice, by the way, that the language. That's used describing them. Guvraya ilah is the same as the language used in the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah being thrown into the fiery furnace because it's the same type of story happening over here. Okay, so they, they found him, they caught him in the act. What did they do? So they approach and speak to the king about his prohibition. Hello, Esara Shamta? Didn't you write down a prohibition? Didn't you make a decree that any person who would make a request of a god or of a person for the next 30 days will be thrown into the lion's den? Yes, the king answers. The matter is true, Kidat paras, like the laws of Madain Paras, di which will never lapse. So he's basically caught that you know he's agreed to the law, and what do they answer? Anuva, Amin, Kamdam Malka. So they exclaimed and said before the king, "Di Daniel, this Daniel, Yehud, the one who was from the people of exile of Yehuda." Lo Sam Allah Malchateim is not paying attention to you, O king. And nor to the law that you had written down. Okay, Vizminin utah. And three times a day he prays a prayer. So they remind the king, first of all, Taniel must be very old by now, but they're still calling him that foreigner that had come up from Yehuda, and he doesn't follow those rules, the same as the accusation in Migilat Esther, Inamosim. And not only that, he doesn't just pray once because he needs something, he prays three times a day. He's being purely lahachis, purely arrogant, in order to violate your word. Pasuk Edian Malka, what's the king's reaction and then the king Kidemiltashme when he when he shema when he hears this statement sagibe was very very deeply grieved um aluhi aluiva aldaniel sam bal lechede okay he um he set his heart on Daniel to save him. And until sundown, he's trying to figure out a way how he's going to be able to save him. He's very upset. He realizes that this is a trap, and he tries to figure out a way that he would be able to save Daniel. But the sun is setting. He can't figure it out. He doesn't know what to do. And now these people who were, who were there, what do they do here? Here, Gisu al Malka. They assemble on the king. Vamirnan Malka, and they say to the king, Da Malka, no, O king. Didat le Madai parasti chol Asar v'Kiyam de ya hakim la li Any law of Parasu Madai is that any prohibition or statute that the king has established cannot be changed. Okay, there's an uproar. They say nothing that you're going to do is going to work to to save him. So what does the king, he doesn't have a choice. What does he do? So the king commanded and they bring in Daniel and they throw him into the lion's pit. But what does the king say as they're throwing him? The king exclaims and says to Daniel, May your God, who you serve continuously who Who yeshev neich will save you. So he hope, he prays that he will be saved. Okay, it's not that he's mocking him. He's powerless to save him, but he realizes that maybe Hashem will be able to save him. And what do they do? They try to close him off, close off the pit so that Daniel cannot be saved by the decree being retracted in any way. The evan chada, and they bring a stone, the sumat al-pum guba, and it's put across the opening of the pit. The Chatma is is kate, rabbi And and the king sealed it with his signet rings, and with the signet rings of all the governors there, Dilo Tishne Daniel, so that his will regarding Daniel could be not be changed. So nobody is trusting the other side. The king is sealing it so that the officers can't come in to hurt him, and the officers are sealing it so that the king cannot come in to save him. And in the meantime, Daniel is stuck in the lion's den. The king has a terrible reaction. He's very depressed. The king goes back to his palace. And he went to bed. el. Kadame, and he doesn't have a table set before him, v'shenata nidat alohi, and his sleep wanders from him, so he's gone to sleep, he can't eat, and he's unable to sleep, probably evoking a little bit of a hashverosh to us as well. Be'edan, okay, malka yikum binahaga. okay, the king arose in the darkness, before dawn, he bahala are you and quickly ran to the lion's den. He was worried. He wanted to see what was going on. He's afraid. Okay, and as he draws near to the pit, that's who he wanted to see to Daniel. He calls out, he cries out in a sad voice. The king called out and said to Daniel, Daniel, Abad Eloha the servant of the living God, Di An Min was the king who you serve. The God who you serve continually, able to save you from from the lions, able to save you from this terrible fate. Remember, the king can't see inside because there's a rock over the stone over the the mouth of the pit. Edyan Daniel, and then Daniel. Imal spoke to the king. Malkal may the king live forever. Notice he's calm. He can even salute the king and engage in the court protocol. He's not worried. And then he describes the miracle. my God sent his angel. And he closed that angel closed the mouths of the lions. and they were not able to wound me or to hurt me. Kol Kabel dikadmui. Zachu, Zachu Hishtakah li, because merit was found for me before him, the Avkadamech, and also before you, Malka, my king, Chabul Aloabadit. I haven't done any harm. He's saying, I had a merit. And we'll see what the merit is in the next pasuk. But I want you to know, my king, that I didn't sin against you either. I didn't sin against God, and I didn't sin against you. And this really evokes Yosef when he says, I cannot sin against God or against man by betraying my master. Be'edan te'ev. Then the king was very, very happy, very pleased. Aluhi. Daniel amar lahansaka min And he commanded that Daniel should be brought up from the pit. Daniel and Daniel was brought up from the pit and there was not a single wound to be found on him. Why because he had trusted in his God, in, in his God, so that was the merit that he had had the and then the king gave a command di Daniel, and they commanded that they bring the men who had slandered Daniel aryat aryavata remove inon and they threw them into the lion's den them binehon their children unishayhon and their wives bulomatulah aryat and they guba and they didn't even reach the floor of the pit adishaltubhon arya aryavata until the lions overpowered them the kholgamiham Hadiku, and they crushed all their bones. So the king orders the slanderers, their families, thrown into the lion's den, where they are ripped apart before they even hit the bottom. And it's interesting, because once again, we have the same parallel language as we saw in the previous story with Han- Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And now what does he do? He reacts in the same way that Nebuchadnezzar did. He sends out a letter. The Abarbanel points out that this letter was really preparation for permission being given to return to Eretz Israel and rebuild the Beit Hamikdash, but since Darius died after one year, he doesn't issue that proclamation. But his son-in-law, or maybe nephew, Koresh, Cyrus, will decree that instead, as we learn in the beginning of the Book of Israel. Beedan, and then Darius Malka Ketav wrote, Darius the King wrote, to to all the nations, people, and language, the dayarin Bechol arah that live on the whole. All over the world, <shal mechon yisagei> Let your peace be abundant. Let your peace increase. And then he describes what his decree is going to be. Min <sharp inhale> aim An order is hereby issued by me. Di shaltan <inhale> that in all the dominion of my kingdom, lehevun zain mikadam Alohadi Daniel. That people should tremble me in fear before the God of Daniel. Tihu elohah <sharp inhale> for he is the living God. The Olamin and will exist forever. and his kingdom cannot be destroyed. And he will have domain dominion until the end. He acknowledges God's greatness. Notice, by the way, that the um that previously he had um the had given given this type of a uh, of a, of a proclamation, but we're going to see here that it's even more intense as we continue in Pasuk Chathchet. Okay? God is, He saves and he rescues, and performs signs, and wonders, and the heavens and the earth. Nebuchadnezzar only acknowledges him as the God of the heavens. Who had saved Daniel from the clutches of the lion, and then the the story concludes. UDaniel did and this Daniel had Bi b'machut met with success, was successful when Daryabesh ruled Koresh Parsaah, and and in the kingdom of the reign of Cyrus the Persian, who succeeded him. Okay, it's interesting to compare and contrast the two stories of the Kifshan Haesh, the fiery furnace, and the lion's den. The fiery furnace takes place at the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, so too the lion's den takes place at the beginning of the Persian reign. There's a stress on the foreign origins of the Jews in both stories. We have words that are very similar, Yitrama, Achal Karzin, Shalat, only found in these two stories. In both these stories an angel saves them and they're totally unharmed and the people who wish to harm them suffer the fate that they wanted them to have. In both these stories we have a concept of Kiddush Hashem. Both times the actors have great impact on the king which the king then publicizes and there is reward and glory given to the heroes. In both these stories we see that success can sometimes engender jealousy and that may be a lesson for the future, and I think that's a key lesson from both these stories. However, in Hanania, Mishael, and Azariah, they're young. Daniel, on the other hand, is about 80 years old. The Nebuchadnezzar tries to convince the boys and then acts harshly and forces them into it. Daryavish on the other hand, really tries to save Daniel, but is unsuccessful due to the laws of his own kingdom. However, in either case, I think that the abiding lesson is one of a willingness to serve Al-Kiddush Hashem. I once heard it said that it's easier to live Al-Kiddush Hashem than it is to die Al-Kiddush Hashem. Wishing you a wonderful day.